On this week's Spoko Radio, it's Hate Week. Before we get into all the hate, we power rank the Big Ten. We talk about game day coming to Ames, and then we get you guys ready for Iowa State and Hate Week. Sit back, relax, and get ready for the boom. unbeaten no more piling on now is Iowa as they crack the 50 mark against the mighty Buckeyes but when his number was called seven got six welcome to Spoko Radio presented by Blackheart Gold Pants Espionations Community for the Iowa Hawkeyes. I'm your host, DC. With me, as always, it's Jerry Sherwin. Jer, how's it going? Well, I'm a little disappointed in you, too. It was a great recap show that I wasn't able to be a part of. I was hoping you would read my read my tweet-length um, recap of the game, which was Ontario slash Niagara is not international. I don't understand why if I'm just crossing the border in my car, I am then not able to watch football games on a Saturday. It's it's a national tragedy, and I hope somebody fixes this. I think that was longer than 280 characters, but we'll, we'll cut you some slack. It was a frustrating Saturday for you. Also joining us, the people's champ, David Johnson. Champ, how are you? I mean, that was like a six-tweet recap to the <laughs> game, but uh, I understand, Jerry. We're very frustrated. But get in a better mood, baby, because it's hate week this week, and we got the clowns. We're not coming to town. We're going there, but it's it's hate week, boys. It is hate week. Before we get into all the hate this week, subscribe to the Black Card Gold Pants podcast feed wherever you guys get your podcast. You got us, Spoker Radio. You got the Pants Party. Come at you guys twice a week with the post game show afterwards. Also follow us on Twitter. At Shy People's Champ, at Jerry Sherwin, and at Dave Cray. We also have a voicemail line, 224-661-0909. Somebody out there called the voicemail line and didn't leave a voicemail. So if that was you, leave a voicemail next time. We would love to play it. We do have one this week from our buddy Z. We'll get to that in a second. But leave a voicemail, guys, throughout the sh- out games. Give us live in-the-moment reactions, big or small. From game day. Questions, comments on game day, before game day. Have your own Iowa State hate this week to play. We'll play it again next week after to recap. Hopefully an Iowa win. Uh, but we do have a question from our buddy Z to kick off the outside zone. Let's give it a listen. What's up, Spoko Radio? This is longtime fan Z coming from the Quad Cities. The announcement college game day is coming to Ames for the Cyhawk game. I have a couple questions for you. One, is this the biggest game in the Cyhawk rivalry ever? And two, who do you think should be the celebrity picker for game day? Thanks. Thank you, Z. So Z wants to know, is this the biggest Cyhawk game ever? And who should be the celebrity picker for Iowa State on ESPN on game day this week? Champ, let's kick things off with you. Is this the biggest Cyhawk game ever? I think it is. I mean, game day speaks for itself. When game day comes to town, you know it's a big game. I mean, it was two ranked teams until the Clowns dropped out of the top 25 uh, this week. But it looked like it was going to be two ranked teams. Instead, we'll just have one. But it's still, I think, the biggest game uh, of this rivalry just to, to this point. I mean, two uh, undefeated teams right now. I know it's early, but this game has significance. I mean, when you think about games in the past, yes, it has significance to Iowa fans and people that went to Iowa State. But this has national significance. This is a big game, not only for the Hawkeyes because they're undefeated and looking to go to the Big Ten Championship, but for the Clowns as well. I mean, they're trying to get to the Big 12 title. I mean, they're trying to build on their success that they had last year under Matt Campbell, and I think this is an, a huge game for them. So, yeah, I think this is a big game for both schools. Do you think this is the biggest game in this rivalry? This is the biggest game that I remember. I'm sure there's been moments in time where like, we all thought this was a big game. I'm sure it was in 2009, 2010, but I think we, we all kind of hold those games in our heart again because we are on, on campus. But this is for sure the biggest game of the last, I don't know, five years for sure, probably. Um, the thing that 
I want to focus on with this, though, is that this game was already going to be big for Iowa, and we all kind of talked about this in the preseason, kind of being that one game that maybe Iowa lets get away because Matt Campbell, who might be looking forward to another job, a bigger job in the future, still hasn't gotten his job done. But now, all of a sudden, all of the pressure is on Iowa State after a week where game day comes to town and they have to deal with all of that on campus and the hype is just surrounding Ames. And then in just gets to come all Iowa and just do what they normally do and take everything away from the Cyclones. Um, This is going to be a very huge Saturday. You guys almost both convinced me this is the the biggest Cyhawk game ever. But you know what? It's just another Cyhawk game to me. This is the first time the game isn't a lose-lose situation for Iowa. I'll give you guys that because Iowa State, if they win, they should still have a good year and it won't hurt Iowa in, in the year-end polls. But at the end of the day, the big the goal is a Big Ten championship. Iowa State has no bearing on a Big Ten championship. So to me, not the biggest Cyhawk game ever. It's just another game. That's but, just another game. But the, the Cyhawk, as you said, doesn't have anything to do with the Big Ten. It's just the Cyhawk game, and it's a trophy game. So of the trophy games in the Cyhawk series, this is for sure the biggest one. There's the most hype. There's the most pressure on one particular team than there ever has been. This was a this was a series that a couple years ago was being claimed as the El Asico. People made fun of this this matchup for years and years because it was so one-sided and because Iowa State was a mess. But this year, we're coming in with actual talent on both sides, a really solid defense for Iowa State from what we're being told, and a really solid proven defense for the Iowa Hawkeyes, as I told you guys last week. I mean, it's fair, and it's still, it's still, maybe it's because I didn't grow up in Iowa, none of us did. This game, to me, is just one that is on the schedule. It's just kind of something to get over. It's never going to be a big game to me. It is what it is. We have to, we have to go to Ames every other year. We go in, we usually win, we come back, and we, and we just move on with our schedule. It, to, it's no different than in any other year for me. If does, w- any difference, would it be any bigger to you, DC, is if Iowa hasn't had the success? that they've had in years prior. If, say, it was more of a 50-50 split of Iowa State winning more games against Iowa, would that make it a bigger game for you or not really? Not really. I think the only way you make it bigger is if it's at the end of the year. If there's actually, like, an undefeated season on the line and Iowa State stands in the way and then it kind of to Jared's point of that pressure being more on Iowa to win this game. But to me, I think that you need to have the pressure on both sides. And to Jared's point, the pressure's all on Iowa State. They've got game day coming into their town all day long. We'll get to that, what that means in a second. They, again, Matt Campbell has to beat Iowa if he's going to go, you know, move this on. This team hasn't beaten Iowa yet. Every single player right. on this team hasn't beat the Hawkeyes. But but to me, that's that's a one-sided, that's all pressure on one side. If it's a big game, the biggest game in the history, there needs to be like equal pressure on both sides to win. And to me, Iowa always is going to value like this. Losing this game doesn't hurt Iowa's season. Here's the deal, though. You're taking the fact that in the state of Iowa, now we we are from Chicago. We've always claimed to be from Chicago. We are fans of the Bears, and we have professional sports teams. But in the state of Iowa, where your family could be uh, half and half, or maybe even like a third, third, third of you and I, Iowa State, Iowa fans, this means everything. This is bragging rights for the rest of the year. This is when you're sitting at the Thanksgiving table. You get to tell, again, going off of Jonah's piece earlier on Black Heart Gold Pants, you get to tell your weird-ass cousin that Iowa State blows just like they always blow, and the Hawkeyes are actually one true team in the state. I get those bragging rights. I understand what this game means for a lot of people in the state and I think you're kind of dismissing that right now but the bragging rights don't change year over year like the, that doesn't that doesn't weigh, make the game way more heavily than the, than other times so that's true but the fans make it seem like it changes every year because they talk so much ish and if they didn't talk so much shit that maybe this wouldn't matter but Iowa State fans care a lot and the Hawkeye fans care a lot and if those fans are going to continue to care and chirp at each other this game means everything okay it's okay. That's fair. It's fair. I disagree, but I totally get you guys. The other part of game day getting there is the celebrity picker. Who do you guys think should be the celebrity picker? As of today, recording, we're recording on Monday night earlier this week. There is no set, no even guess on who's going to be the picker. But, Jer, who would you think is going to be the celebrity picker for this game? I, I think a hologram of George Washington Carver should be the guest picker for game day this weekend. 
He's an Iowa State alumni. He is very important to the American people. He created peanut butter, I think. I'm pretty sure he created peanut butter. So I'm going to go with the hologram, the Tupac Shakur hologram version of George Washington Carver. Okay. Champ, who do you think? I'm going against the grain here. I know most of the time it's an alum of, you know, the home school or at least someone that's a fan of the home school. I'm going the opposite. I'm going Iowa super fan Tom Arnold. I think he should be the celebrity game picker this week. He's fucking hilarious, first of all. He's an Iowa super fan, and I couldn't really think of any famous Iowa State people that should get the (laughs) nod. As Cherry is using a hologram of a dead person, there obviously isn't a ton of Iowa State alum that are famous that could be the celebrity guest picker. So give me Tom Arnold. I think he would be very entertaining, and I think that would be a great guest picker. I will back up that claim, and it's hard to find notable alumni of Iowa State University to be guest pickers. But I did find some few options that I was throwing out there. One, one is not an alum of these of these options, but these aren't the serious ones. First up, Chris Souls of The Bachelor. Before he got into his little issues, he's an Iowa, Iowa State alum. ABC, Disney tie-in, there you go. But he has some kind of legal issues and probably don't want him on stage. He'd, Fuck that. That's a horrible He'd probably hit picker. the game day RV and then run. Yeah, Probably. he's had a couple DUIs. <laughs> Let's move on to your next option. Next up, Fred Fred Hoiberg, yeah, the mayor. That's, that's the only guy. I actually think it's going to be Fred Hoiberg. If I had to but guess who it's going to be, I think it's going to be him. The reason it's not is because he's now the head coach of Nebraska. If he was still the head coach of the Bulls, probably would happen. Maybe they could have Gar Foreman show up. Oh, we can kind of go into our Chicago fandom here. I mean, Gar Foreman's basically employed every major Iowa State basketball coach that's come through that program. He's also there so frequently, he probably has a second home in, in Ames. Yeah, it's Fred Hoiberg. Marcus house. Pfizer. Bring back Marcus Pfizer. Let him be the guest picker. He's Marcus still alive. Pfizer. But this, this all ties into my other non serious option who loves Iowa State probably more than anybody not associated with Iowa Coogan. State. Fran Fraschilla. He no one stands for Iowa State more than Fran Fischella. It's the ESPN ESPN connection. I think he'd be up for it if you just got to be asked. But you know he might be he might be unavailable. Seriously though, I think the number one option is Dan Gable. He has the the Iowa State connection, the Iowa connection. Here, I think you tweeted about it Monday as well. That's the most logical logical person. It makes all the sense in the world. That's going to be Dan Gable. Does Dan Gable, does Dan Gable have a, a statue outside of Iowa State? Because he did a lot of good things at Iowa State, but he's he's really known for what he did at Iowa, which was like basically win 41 national championships or something like crazy like that. It, isn't it kind of funny that both – so he and then I think I think Dan McCartney also has Iowa ties. He was an old Iowa State coach, but I believe he has Iowa ties as well. And it's kind of funny that the two most logical Iowa, Iowa State pickers are going to be people who also have ties to the University of Iowa. Just goes to show you how little brother they are. That's why it should just be Tom Arnold. <laughs> we don't even have to worry about that. <laughs> well, you know, that works too. All right. Thank you, Z, for the questions. Fun way to kick off hate week again, guys. Leave us a voicemail, 224-661-0909. Put that number in your phones and give us a call on game day this week with your reactions. Let's get into Big Ten preview reaction coverage mode for a little bit before we go into hate week deep down most of the big 10 has not played two games with the exception of northwestern so i figured what better way than to collectively put together a power rankings of the 14 big 10 schools so we'll kind of go through here 14 down to one from you know worst to best who kind of figure out what this the power rankings are of the big 10 Jared, why don't we kick things off with you? Who would you like to nominate to be in that 14th spot? So I only power rank teams that are undefeated after two weeks of play, especially when it's in the non-conference. So I'm going to go ahead and sit this one out to number 10 because these other teams don't deserve even me thinking about them at this point. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't even want to rank 14 through 11. I'm going to true big 10. He wants only 10. So maybe we just, maybe we champ you and I very quickly go 14 through 10 here. Why don't you kick things off, champ? Who do you got 14? Uh, four, I have Rutgers at 14. They're, I, I agree. think they're a pathetic team, and I don't <laughs> think they're going to win a game the rest of the season. I agree. We saw that in person. They looked completely overmatched in their first Big Ten game. I don't think it's going to get any better. 13, I have Minnesota. I think they're the fakest 2-0 team in the nation. Wow. I think that they only have a, wow. plus, 10, a plus 10 point differential against South Dakota State and Fresno State. They're only averaging three yards a carry 
and they've allowed six sacks so far in two games against terrible competition. That's not good. If you're going to compete and contend in the Big Ten West, you have to do better than that against lesser lesser opponents. All right, I I have Indiana at thirteen. I don't I don't believe in Indiana. I know Jerry's like a big Indiana believer, but I have them as my two and thirteenth team. Yeah, no, who, so far we've taken played. two undefeated teams to put. You them can in only the, beat what's on your schedule. Something Nebraska and Northwestern haven't done. <laughs> that goes next. Northwestern's twelfth for me. Uh, I think Northwest, Northwestern looked atrocious against Stanford, and Stanford turned around and looked atrocious against USC. Mm-hmm. They had two point seven yards of rush. They had four point three yards of pass attempt. The offense is not good, and against like a team that got just killed by by USC, they aren't. I think it could be a long year's champions. USC's backup quarterback as well. (laughs) Just true that destroyed them. But Hunter Johnson looked like dog shit. I had Northwestern at number eleven on my power ranking, so not a big difference between eleven and twelve. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and then uh, I had Illinois in in the eleventh spot again. Another team I know Jer has undefeated, but uh, Nebraska's tenth for me. So we can kind of kick things off right there. Who's tenth out of this list, Jer? Why don't we go back to you? And we'll actually try to figure out, do any of those teams that, that Champ and I have gone and gone through get back into that top 10? Or are they going to be out of outside? So, Jerry, why don't you kick things off if you only rank the top 10 teams in, a, in the Big Ten? Start off. Who's number 10? So, number 10 for me was Indiana. I just, again, they're 2-0. and I think they deserve to be up there. You, this is a true power ranking. You have beat the teams that are on your schedule, and other teams have not. So, I value that. I put them at 10. Minnesota, yes, they have struggled. I still believe that they're going to figure out a way to run the football, so I have them in at number nine. And number eight, Illinois and their amazing starting quarterback who (laughs) went on the road and is just slinging touchdowns all over the field, making our very own shy people's champ look like he's the true one that doesn't know what quarterback play really looks like. So, champ, how do you feel about Illinois cracking Jair's top ten? I feel that that's a moronic statement. They barely beat UConn, who's a garbage-ass team, and Peters is, was fine. He wasn't, like, lighting the world Better than not... horrid and shitty and garbage. I didn't say that. I said if you want a fine game manager quarterback, Brandon Peters is your guy. If you want some star power, you go to the four-star Isaiah Williams. That's all I've said. Lovey, if you want the game manager and win, winning four or five games this year, stick with Brandon Peters. Enjoy that. How is how is four touchdowns and 225 yards game manager? I can't wait till they play an actual team. <laughs> I mean, this. I mean, you keep talking up Illinois. They have Eastern Michigan this week, so I'm sure he'll have a wonderful game again. They'll beat Nebraska. They'll be three and zero. And then they play Nebraska after that. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> so it's Nebraska and then at Minnesota. They can win both of those football games. This team is good they enough to can, beat those football games. But they're not going to. They'll lose at least one of those two games. They might lose in Nebraska. But I, I like to kind of go back to te- like, Jerry, you could you, have to, you can only play who's on your schedule, but you can also play who's on your schedule and look good doing it. They won Illinois, by eight. Why? Since what is that down, close? They were down thirteen to UConn. UConn's trash. Yes, preach. I know you were in Canada, so you didn't get to watch all these games, and that's no like not a shot at you, but like it, it's more than just the final score. Like they looked bad the full first half of the game. Yeah, the UConn is not is a worse team, obviously, but Illinois has played nobody. They don't crack my top ten. DC, would you like to hear my ten through eight? Since we heard uh, Jerry just went off on a little <laughs> tangent there, named three teams. So fuck yes, it, I'll name my three. Your, my, I have yeah. Northwestern at ten. I have Minnesota at nine. And I have Purdue at eight. So I know Jerry probably didn't even have Purdue in his top ten, but Purdue is still a better team than some of these teams that you've mentioned. They can score. They lost week one. They gave that game away. I mean, Purdue is a much better team than Illinois. I don't know if they play each other this year, but if they do, Purdue will handle them easily. So I have Purdue in my top ten as well. I have them eighth. I also have Nebraska tenth. But I I really want you guys to tell me why do you guys think Minnesota is so good after their – first two games to me they haven't done anything to impress me the hype is so far exceeding what the the results on the field so i mean champ why don't you go ahead because you just said they're they're with firmly in your top 10 i mean they're number nine for me i don't love them i agree that they haven't looked great in their first two weeks they've snuck out a couple wins i mean i just think their defense i think is better than a lot of these teams that we've mentioned their running game i think will get back on track i don't 
I think Minnesota is probably a six-win team this year. I don't think they're an eight or nine-win team like some people think. But I mean, they're number nine on my list. I mean, it's hard because it's a lot. Most of these teams have played garbage teams, so it's hard to give a complete full ranking. But the, I mean, they're not like number four or anything. They're number nine on my ranking. I mean, that's f- that's fair. But to me, like, if you're playing lesser competition, even if you're only going to be a six-win team. Isn't South Dakota State an FCS school? Isn't Fresno State not very good? Like, it, to me, like you should you should win a little. Like they're down at halftime in both those games. And Fresno State was playing with their backup quarterback, so that was not appealing. So I don't understand why they're in either of your top tens. Like, Jerry, like, is there anything to it? Like, yes, winning is winning's all that matters. We've we've seen that before. But there, I mean, a little bit for power ranking teams. Would you rather take a? I'd, would you rather have any like Illinois over over Minnesota? Like, I don't know. Is that I don't. I have been. I, I mean, technically, I do have Illinois team. over Minnesota. Yes, but the reason. Okay, there's value to being two and zero. The Minnesota, and I did get to watch a little bit of this one. I watched it this morning. Um, they're the way they're calling these offensive games is strange and it's strange in the fact that they're trying to get this running game right and like right I, I believe they ran 50 sometimes and they threw for maybe 20 times so obviously like pj flex trying to get this thing up and running i think they know tanner morgan blows we talked about this last week he's not a good quarterback i don't know how much longer they're going to keep him in the game because obviously we learned this with iowa you have to be able to to be able to throw the football well you need to run well and to be able to run well you got to throw the football well and right now minnesota is very one-sided but i think that one-sidedness of them should be better than what it is so yes i'm putting some stock in the fact that i i think minnesota is going to be a good running football team and i think they're going to figure it out and they're 2-0 and so i do I, I mean i told you guys i take stock in you guys being undefeated the rest of these teams you haven't gotten the job done and you should have this is the big 10 conference you are better football teams than the people you played you should have won so take nebraska for example they went to colorado that that's because they lost that game granted yes they fell apart in the fourth quarter so. 24 points they looked bad doing it but they're being penalized for going on the road to a pac 12 team and losing when Minnesota looks like trash against bad teams, and you're gonna because they won those games, they're gonna be higher up. Tell me what's different about the way I'm doing it and the way that people do it for the playoff. I mean, it, to me, makes it, a it, good point. Eh, I don't know if it's a totally good point because Ohio State won their it, conference and didn't get in. Right. Okay, but they also lost. Uh, was it? Did they lose to Indiana. Was it at Indiana? They to, no, they lost Purdue. To Purdue. Purdue. Okay, and it was at Purdue. And they lost. They got smoked by Purdue. They went on the road and they lost. Okay, so so you're saying Minnesota, if they continue to schedule nobody and they win, they'll and they shouldn't have Look, this is a power I, ranking after two weeks. I'm not prognosticating the rest of the season. I've said very clearly that there's some there's gonna be some awakenings happening for a lot of these Big Ten teams once it gets into conference play. Especially these West teams. They're in for a wild, wild ride with a minute that Wisconsin, Iowa. That's probably about it coming to town. But (laughs) the point stands. This is a two-week thing. This is from the teams that I have viewed. And everything that I saw from Nebraska tonight when I started watching them, they can't tackle. Their defense sucks. And they completely pissed away a game, yes, on the road that they had full containment of. They should have walked out of Colorado with the win, and they pissed it down their leg. So that you need to take them down because Minnesota did find out a way to go on the road and win a football game. I still think Nebraska – I mean, they – had a had a good lead. They they shut they shut out Colorado in the first half. The defense is there. Like that's not let's not just say it's not going to be there all year long. It's the same way you think Minnesota's going to be able to run the ball come the end of the year. Doesn't don't, Nebraska should be able to be, play defense at the end of the year if they've shown it a little bit? I mean they've shown it, but when you blow a lead like that and you get just get absolutely manhandled in the second half, I, I can't give you that much credit. Yes, you had a great first half, but it's a two half game. You got to complete the game, and they didn't do that. So that, I mean we're. I have them at 11, Jer, you, if you didn't have them in your top 10, so you probably have them right there at 11 or so. Yep. DC, what number did you have Nebraska at, or you haven't gotten to them yet? No, they're 10th they're for me. Okay, but I, so I, to it's me, not like, a big difference. To me, the big thing is Minnesota, like, you, you are taking too much stock in the actual record versus what they're actually You play doing to win the game, mind. and I value winning. Okay. That's and, I think Minnesota, and I think going to Fresno State isn't just some easy thing to do. Fresno State did not look like a good football team. 
Neither did Colorado in the first half. Okay. <laughs> Let's get <laughs> to the four teams. What are we doing? Yeah, regardless, we're wasting our time on the lower half of the Big Ten. None of these teams are really going to be in. Nebraska's in the lower half. The one team who nobody has mentioned yet, and I'm kind of curious to see where you have them, it's Maryland. Yeah. It's kind of, we, all, we all wrote off Maryland last week. We all took Syracuse, hands down our picks. Champ, where do you have Maryland in your power rankings? They're right up. They're my next team. They're number seven for me. I, you got to give credit to Maryland. I mean, they... They're scoring at will, and they're in the they're in the rankings all of a sudden. If you would have told me that Maryland would be ranked after two weeks of football, I would I would have called you an absolute moron. So <laughs> I mean, I think I had Maryland at three wins for the season. So in my prediction, they're two thirds of the way there. I mean, their offense is just putting up points and running all over the place, throwing all over the place. They look really good. So I mean, I got to give credit where credit's due. They're they're number seven for me in my power ranking. They lead the Big Ten in offense through two games. It's amazing. Yeah. It's simply amazing. Jerry, where's my winner in your top? Five? I have them above Michigan. I have them slotted at number six. And this is, uh, for me, this is just the Mike Loxley versus James Gaddis beef. And Mike Loxley right now is proving that he was probably the guy behind the Alabama offense. It, it certainly looks that way. In the same way as Jerry with you, I have him ahead of Michigan. Michigan looks... All dis- disjointed right now offensively. I don't know what they're gonna, what they're doing. How it's what you've kind of been saying all all year long, Jared's. Can Jim Harbaugh get out of his own way? And so far, it doesn't look like he is able to. By the way, Josh yeah, Gaddis, have, have, James Gaddis, my bad guys. I have Michigan at uh, number six on my ranking, so not much higher. I agree with you guys. I mean, they they got extremely lucky to get that win this weekend against Army. Army should have won that game. I don't know what they were doing, throwing the ball. That interception at you know, uh, was sickening in the end zone, and then fumbling the ball in, in overtime. That was, I mean, I don't, I didn't, I just didn't get it. Or they should have won that game. Stick with what you do. Run the triple option. It was working. Go away. Go into Ann Arbor and get a dub. So yeah, Michigan six for me. So the the more important parts of, the, of these power rankings are your top five. Jared, give me your top five. All give me your top. Five, four, and three. Uh, I'll save one and two for later. Number five, Michigan State. I still believe in that defense. I believe I didn't get to watch this game yet, but it seemed as though the offense kind of got back on track. But again, Western Michigan, I don't know how much stock to take in that. That's one of those games I still need to watch. But I know the defense is very good, and I'm going to stick by that. Um, Number four for me is the Ohio State Buckeyes. Again, I just... (sighs) I need to see more. Such a hater. Watch a game. I need to. I, I did. Watch. What do you mean you need to see more? What the fuck more do you need to see? Did you not see them this week? They dominated that entire game. I'm just saying, Cincinnati yeah, doesn't mean, seem like again, the football team the we level, thought they were. The level of disrespect. If you want to crown their ass, crown them. I'm not there yet. So okay, okay at, Delaney Walker, relax over there. And number th- <laughs> and number three, I have my Penn State Nittany Lions. Okay. Okay. I think the one thing at this point, Ryan Day probably is going to play your sound clips on loops if Iowa plays Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game. I mean, they play their in-state rival in Cincinnati. They shut them out 42 to nothing, and Jerry has them fourth in his power ranking. <laughs> he hasn't seen enough yet. I haven't seen I enough. Mean, what, what, so what, when they're 12 and 0, have you gonna are you gonna have seen enough? I'll tell you when. I'm moving it back now. I used to say at Nebraska. That's still not gonna get me there. It's gonna be at Michigan State. That's when I'll finally say on October 5th that Ohio State is a good football team. Okay, uh, champ. Who's your five? Your fifth, fourth, and third teams. My my fifth is also Michigan State. I think right now they have the bat. Probably the best defense in the Big Ten. At least they're playing the best thus far. Uh, my number four team, I have Penn State. I mean, there's not, they haven't played anybody either, but they've looked great. I mean, their offense, they have a ton of playmakers on both sides of the ball. So they're my number four team. And my number three team is the Iowa Hawkeyes. I know, I know this is an Iowa Hawkeye podcast, but I'm sorry. Right now, there's two teams to me that look better than Iowa through two games. We'll get to that in a minute, but right now I was number three. I mean, that's not a slight. Number three is still damn good to be, you know, top three team in the Big Ten right now after two weeks. Uh, that's where I have them. So yeah, those are my five, four, and three. Champ, I'm right there with you. I have Michigan State and Penn State flipped, so I have Penn State fifth, Michigan State fourth. That defense is legit. Yeah. I'm gonna take some stock into the offense showing up against Western Michigan this past week. 
they can find that just any type of offense, that defense will carry them a very, very long way. So they're fourth for me. I also have Iowa third. To your point, I'm not going to be completely biased here. Ohio State looks great so far. They've shown everything. They haven't missed a beat. Wisconsin has just utterly dominated their opponents so far. And they are a team that I think, they just to me, they, they are the best in the Big Ten right now for two weeks. With Wisconsin and Ohio State, I don't know. What about you guys? Cher, what do you think? Two, your top two teams. My top two, number two is the Iowa Hawkeyes. And then number Ooh, one, I do hater. I do have the Wisconsin Badgers coming all the way up the list from like sixth all the way to number one, the Wisconsin Badgers. All I had to watch was two drives from Wisconsin, and that was plenty. I saw the final score. I didn't need to see Jonathan Taylor score four more touchdowns. He was He's he's electric, and they don't need to do anything else besides get him the ball. Cohen is obviously developing. Wisconsin looks lethal, and I'm getting more worried by the week. Shampoo your top two teams. Uh, I have Wisconsin as my number two team. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is the Heisman finalist right now. I th- I don't think er, the Heisman he's the winner. The Heisman the Heisman favorite right now. I mean, he's absolutely controlled both of those games. Eight touchdowns in two games is absolutely amazing. And I have Ohio State number one. I think they're the best team top to bottom in the Big Ten. I've said that the entire time, and I don't think they've done anything the first two weeks to disprove that. I mean, they absolutely controlled that entire game against Cincinnati. Justin Fields is looking like the best quarterback in the Big Ten. I don't care what Jerry says about Nate Stanley. I know Nate Stanley's been great too, but Justin Fields is the best quarterback in the Big Ten right now. He's playing a lights out. They dominated 42 to nothing, and they're my be- the best team in the Big Ten, I think. I think we are. I think we're seeing a trend here. I think that there's already two weeks in a clear separation in the Big Ten. I think you got your Wisconsin, Ohio State, Iowa, even Michigan State and Penn State, and then I think there's a start to. I mean, Maryland's kind of TBD, right? Are they going to be able to sustain this type of offense? But there's a clear top five, and after that, it's kind of a little bit of a drop off. Michigan, I don't. I just don't know if they're going to find their rhythm offensively. Uh, Let's take a quick break, and then we'll uh, see if there's any updates to our Big Ten playoff contenders and make some Big Ten picks before we get into hate week and our special guest that we've been teasing since last week's show. We'll be right back. We are back. Guys, we've been going through this every week, so we might as well keep updating it. We just did our power rankings. Are there any updates to your list of Big Ten playoff contenders? Jer, I know you now have Wisconsin's number one team. Iowa's number two. Is your third team in the Big Ten a now considered a playoff contender or no? Uh, Penn State is is considered a playoff contender for me, yes. So your list is expanded again week over week. <laughs> yes. At this rate, a lot of teams are gonna be in it by the time we finish this thing off. Jerry's gonna have a whole conference in by the end of the by the end of the season. Champ, uh, has your list changed at all? Your top four? No. I mean my list is I I I almost put Michigan State in there. But I need to see more from the offense still. Their defense is there is is great. I mean, there's no doubting that. But I need to see a little bit more from the offense. Uh, they could jump into my um, contender list, though. But right now, my list remains the four that I've said all year. Iowa, Wisconsin, Penn State, and Ohio State. So Jared's list changed. Champs hasn't. Mine has also changed. I have taken Michigan off. They no longer look like a threat to me. I've also taken Penn State off, so my list is just three, Ohio State, Iowa, and Wisconsin. I think that those are your clear clear Big Ten contenders for the playoff this year. That's interesting that you take off Penn State. What a, I mean, in two games, they've looked pretty good. They, a, they struggled with Buffalo a little bit to kick in that first half this week. So that it's you can get back on. You're not, you're not off for good. But, again, I'm going, I weigh in-game performance, not just your end-of-game end record. And they can get back on, but to me, you gotta kind of handle your business a little bit better if you want to be a contender. So you're talking about the ten points in the second half, but are you completely ignoring that they scored thirty-eight straight on them after that? Yes, I'm ignoring that. (laughs) Okay, I just want to make sure. No, you're good. That's a fair question. Okay, play a full game, a complete game. I'm saying, I'm saying, Ohio State play a full game against real. They did. (laughs) I mean, they shut they shut out their opponent. 
Yeah. There's, you can't do much else. If, if, we, if we get to Iowa talk now and Jerry says that Iowa played a full game but Ohio State didn't, it's completely erroneous. It's an erroneous <laughs> comment. <laughs> if, you, if you're, if you're going to now, we're going to talk about Iowa later, but if you're going to now say that Iowa played a complete game and won 30 to nothing, but Ohio State did not and won 42 to nothing, that's ridiculous. Great. We'll talk about it. We'll let DC get us there. Okay. Let's, we'll, let's we'll, do that We'll later. get there in a second. Let's make some picks across the Big Ten before we uh, shift gears here. Got five games in the Big Ten this week that are not Iowa related. Get some picks here. We'll start off with Ohio State, fifteen point favorites on the road at Indiana. Jerry, who do you got? Uh, I'm taking the home team with the points. Give me all them Shocking. points from Indiana. I think they'll be able to keep up offensively, and this game probably is going to be like forty-five, thirty-two. Okay. Fair enough. That just just barely covered. Champ, what do you say? Ohio State's winning this game by thirty points. I don't think it's <laughs> going to be close. I, if the line was twenty five, I would take Ohio State minus twenty five. Indiana's not a good team. Ohio State's going to show that this week. They're going to go to Indiana. They'll probably have more fans in Bloomington than Indiana fans will be represented at that game. So it's not even going to be really a true road game. Ohio State's going to control this game from start to finish. Indiana has no answer for them on defense. Justin Fields is going to have a field day, no pun intended. Uh, Ohio State wins this game 37-7. to I'm with you, champ. Ohio State covers. Next up, TCU coming to Purdue. Purdue's a two-point favorite. I'm going to take TCU, but champ, who are you going to take? I'm going to take Purdue. You guys know I kind of like Purdue. They, I like their offense. I think they're going to put up enough points this week to beat the Horn Frogs. I think it'll be a close game, but I like Purdue uh, winning, let's say, 35-31. Okay. Uh, Jerry, what do you say? I'm going to roll with TCU here, uh, getting a couple points, going to Purdue. Uh, I do want to see what Purdue can do against this team and the and the 3-5-3 that they, they go out there with. But I know TCU was one of those teams with that weird second-week bye, so they've had plenty of time to kind of prepare for that offense of Purdue. Um, I like them going into into there and uh, getting the win. The one thing I'll say about Purdue is they need to find a running game, and I think TCU isn't – Purdue can't rely on the pass to, uh, strictly to win games. They're going to need to be have to be able to run the ball, and I think TCU is going to have to show – is going to make them sure that they have to run the ball. Run the ball. I don't think T- Purdue's going to be able to. I think they're, they're going to have to like take it, learn it, and kind of move on after that. Next up, Arizona State comes to Sparty. Sparty's a 12-point favorite. Jerry, who do you got? Sparty. This defense, I, I just think they can keep continuing to get the job done. I think the offense started to build a little something this past week. I like Sparty um, easily by 14. Champ, what about you? I think this is going to be the week where uh... – Going into next week, my contender list might change. I think Michigan State's going to prove it this week that not only is their defense elite, but I think their offense is going to take a step this week. I like them to win uh, by three touchdowns against Arizona State. So uh, take a minus the 12. I like Michigan State as well. Let's go to Maryland going on the road to Temple. Maryland's a seven and a half point road favorite. Are we all flipping courses and taking Maryland this week? Jerry, kick us off. Yeah, this is a, this is a classic gambler, like you have a problem, call a number type of move right here. I'm I'm taking Maryland with the po- – I'm, ta- I'm laying the points. I'm taking the over. I'm putting everything on Maryland to cover every single piece of gambling that I could possibly do to win me back the money I lost on Maryland's lock that I laid out last week. Maryland, this, this offense is – I think they're going to keep going as one of the top three offenses in in the Big Ten for the next two more two more weeks. Two more two only two more weeks. Yes, they're first right now, so they're in the next two weeks they're going to fall down to the top to, within the top three. Yes, correct. And then fall completely out. Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Champ, what do you think? Jerome, you need to spread that money out, my man. That's not a good pick this <laughs> week. I like Temple outright to win this game. Not only getting the seven and a half. I think it ends Maryland's little run here. I think Temple wins this game outright. So do not lay the house on this game, Jerome. Please spread it out and make a couple picks. <laughs> I would stay away from this if I was actually gambling on it, but I'll take Maryland. I'll take Maryland and I'll lay those points. Last up, NIU goes to Nebraska. Nebraska's a 14.5-point favorite. Jer, what do you got on Nebraska? In NIU? I'm not taking Nebraska for the rest of this year. There, uh, there's just no point in- <laughs> This team just doesn't do it for me. Like, 
I just don't understand how they got they lost that football game. NIU usually has firepower. The Mac seems like they're a little down right now, though. Um, so uh, let's let's go with the old uh, the Huskies on this one. All right, Champ, what do you say? As Jer says, I love the hook. You got that half point there to make it 14 and a half. I think Nebraska wins this game by two touchdowns. So that makes me a winner with Northern Illinois in 14 and a half. Give me the 14 and a half. Make us prove us wrong, Nebraska. Where it's a clean sweep for NIU, we'll all take those points. They won't. They probably won't. All right, guys, let's get into hate week. Our favorite week of the year. I mean, not really my favorite week. But it's just another one. But, you know, it is what it is. So we figure what we do here, because Iowa State fans tend to be a little delusional, is we find some tweets on the old Twitter.com and uh, a a light roasting of those tweets to kind of kick us off as we get ready for this game. I'm going to kick things off because after game day was announced as going to Ames this week, a lot and lot and lot of fans of Iowa State were tweeting things about how Make sh- you can ignore Hawkeye fans saying that they were coming to Ames because of Iowa. It was all about Ames. It's all about Iowa State. I know you guys are new to this whole notoriety thing, but game day never goes anywhere because of one school. It's always the matchup of both schools. It's them honor. It's them celebrating the rivalry of Iowa Iowa State in this game. There aren't many other good games this week nationally. It's not about even Iowa individually. It's all. It's about both schools. It's about the rivalry. Just enjoy the atmosphere for Christ's sake. It's unbelievable. Anything, guys, on all the tweets about Iowa State fans getting so defensive of their of their school being awarded game day this week. It's. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's like, come on. We know why this was awarded. It's not because of you guys who barely held on against Northern Iowa week one and then sat and watched week two. It's it's if you want to say it's anything, it's because of both teams. I think it's because of Iowa, but you can say that it's because of both teams and it's an in-state rival. Like, get it together, clown fans. Like, it's a bit ridiculous already. Okay, okay. And related to that, related to game day, one of game day's hosts, Desmond Howard, had a tweet t- today on Monday about going to Ames, and it's simply looking for something interesting to do in Ames. I get it. You have a barbecue cornbread place, but what else? That's Des Bra- Des <laughs> Desmond Howard saying that Ames is so boring, he has to ask what there is to do there. So, again, before you think game day is going there just for your old little school, they're not. There's nothing much going on in Ames. You can go to, like, the grass parking lots they keep tweeting all about and go get hammered there. The best part is that the responses to his tweets were, like, just like, oh, go walk around campus. Okay, I guess that's something you can do in Ames. Oh, is walk around you, campus. Okay, so when you do, what are you gonna do for the next fucking five days while you're there? Yeah, you, you can do that for a couple hours. I don't think it's gonna take very long, but uh, I mean, let's give them uh, some fun spots to go to. There, clown fans, come on, boys and girls, <laughs> and girls. Some people the girls. And now we gotta get into the fans, the fans, the delusional fans. My guy Todd J. Farver here, T. 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 Farver15 on Twitter said, The second Iowa State is good, college game day comes to Ames. Iowa has been decent, spelled decent wrong, for a long time, spelled a long time wrong as well, Agriculture and could school. not land it. Guess we know who has the best fan base, hashtag Cyclone, Cyclone Nation, which is the dumbest hashtag in the world. But Mr. Farver, at least you finally admitted that Iowa State wasn't good in football until just now. <laughs> I really appreciate you admitting that. And it's and thank you also for proving the point that Iowa State fans do not go to class and they don't know how to spell. So that also proves that point with two misspellings in one tweet. Like, come on, bro. <sighs> Additionally, Clone Rising on Twitter said, LOL or ISU is one of the only programs adding massive attendance increases over the la- over last decade in parentheses, unlike Iowa, that has the hottest head coach in the state and country. ISU has been favored since Lions came out to beat Iowa. I get to see the polls play a game. Nice try, though, Hawk. The one thing Mr. F- Mr. Clones really doesn't tweet about is the actual football that's being played because Iowa State basically should have lost their first game of the year. They came, fell out of the rankings. So maybe, you know, worry about the actual football and not about what the polls are doing, what about the, what Vegas is saying, what your coach's resume is looking like. We know you guys like to, like, kind of embellish that resume a little bit, but let's worry about the actual football on the field. How about that? 
Yeah, two other things to go on that tweet. First of all, I, I would look at a line currently, my man, because they're not favored anymore. I was favored going to that, going to Ames now. Second of all, uh, the reason that they had such an increase in their home attendance was they were so fucking pathetic that nobody would go to their games. So now that they're an actual school that has some football that's being played, people now come to their games. See, at Iowa, we didn't have to worry about that because we've been consistently good and filling our stadium for the last 25, 30 years so a couple just small points just small small points on that tweet just listen little things and the last one i have here before we i think we have a special guest who has a, has a sixth one for us it's ted flint it's at ted flint kansas let hawk fans think they are the reason i was sick got hashtag college Ames day but when they show the silence and sights of the location they sure as shit won't be showing iowa city you know what ted flint that's what they won't be showing the iowa state trophy room boom roasted because <laughs> that bitch is empty <laughs> And I think we have a special guest here to do a sixth tweet for us. It's a special guest to Spoko Radio, where it's Cyclone Jer. Cyclone Jer, how are you doing today? <laughs> Howdy ho, Cyclone fans! <laughs> My name is DC Just Said is Jerry! Jerry the Cyclone fan! And as you can already tell, I'm a professional clown. Now, when I'm not throwing chainsaws in the air or getting pies in my face, I spend all of my time on Twitter.com reading and developing my own spicy takes <laughs> about how crappy the Iowa guys are. Now, oh, wait. Oh, God. Oh, we haven't won in so long. What? Oh, no. I'm a happy clown. I'm supposed to be a happy clown. That was weird. <laughs> Anyways, and thankfully, the Spoko Radio Boys saw my true talent on the internet and gave me the opportunity to give you all my most spicy take imaginable. So, without any further ado, boys, are you ready for the spicy take? Oh, I'm, I'm sitting on so pins and needles excited. here. <laughs> so my spicy tank, who I'm stealing from a man named Chris Diedrich, is living off the fry legacy like Nebraska does the 90s. It's the Iowa Hawkeyes. <laughs> you guys just are like Nebraska. You two are like twins. <laughs> and I'm not just some little brother who's super jealous about everything that you guys get and how many trophies you win and how you get to go to Rose Bowls and win Orange Bowls and are often talked about in the polls. <laughs> no, that's not me. That's not me. <laughs> I hate being a Cyclone fan so much. It's okay, Cyclone Jerry. It's okay. Maybe one day you'll have a coach who doesn't want to leave as soon as he gets there. Oh, Cyclone Jer, I'm so sorry that you have to watch that pathetic-ass team all the time. I, I apologize. Maybe it'll make you happier to be a Hawkeye fan, Jer, and be a happy clown. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you to Cyclone Jer for uh, stopping by Spoko Radio to uh, – Give us some hot hot takes as we get ready for the game against Iowa State. Then we're going to get regular Jerry back here in a second. And also, for the record, Jerry's, Cyclone Jerry was not our special guest, our special interview. That's coming up at the end of the show, which we'll get to in a little bit. But, uh, all right, we, we roasted some Iowa State fans for a little bit. What do we get about into some actual football? Jerry, you didn't get to uh, chime in in the postgame show this week against Rutgers. Do you have any takes, takeaways that you have from the Rutgers game last weekend? I, I do. Wow. My voice, I almost went back in the Cyclone Jerry there for a second. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like the Chicago accent. When you start doing it, you just can't stop for a while. Um, no, my biggest takeaway, DC, and you and I were kind of talking about that this morning, is, and I, I tweeted about it as well, when do you guys think, and I didn't look this up, but like, when was the last time Iowa won a game without making or completing a pass to a tight end? It's, it, you asked me that, I had no idea, I didn't, and I didn't look it up, but it, it is shocking that I went back and looked, it was something that we didn't even talk about, champ, I know they, yeah. they targeted they targeted the tight end, but it didn't actually come down with a catch. Right. I and didn't actually realize that until you said that just now. I had no idea. But I'm going to guess 17 years. And, 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 and I would agree, champ. It's probably a long time ago because Iowa's formula for so long has been running the football and then you work the tight end, especially in like third and five and third and manageable situations. That's like the go-to guy for Iowa. But my to my bigger point in all this and the reason I bring it up is that for the first time, I think, in 
in my fandom as as an Iowa Hawkeye fan, this is the deepest team with the best quarterback who's able to spread the football around. Now, don't get me wrong here. I think DJK and Marvin McNaught were very good wide receivers. I think Ricky Stanzi was also an excellent quarterback. But Nick Stan or Nate Stanley for the last two games has shown the ability and the want to spread that football around to the open man. And that has made this offense click on more levels than one. And I think that is the most important key to the Iowa's offense and to their team moving forward through the rest of the season. I totally agree. I think that's well said, Jerry. I think we've seen another step in this offense from Brian Ferentz, from Nate Stanley, from these receivers all coming together and, and kind of, and to a certain degree, but being selfless, right? Like just kind of playing their role, getting open. They're going to get the ball if they're open. It's not, you know, one guy has to do all the work. And so like, that's really great to see kind of already early in the season. And so to me, like, I think that goes right into where kind of the key to a game, the key to this game, right? Iowa, to me, what they did against Rutgers, it needs to be car- completely carried over, right? Get the defensive line in stunts and in, in mo- in twists to kind of get pressure on Iowa State. I think they should have an easier time. I think Iowa State has way less skill positions than I- than Rutgers does. And to me, it's just doing the exact the exact same game plan that you had against Rutgers should carry over perfectly to Iowa State. Champ, what do you think? I, I totally agree. I think you got to get pressure in Brock Purdy's face. It's key to this game. I think if you get him on his heels, he's going to leave some balls up to be intercepted. He did already week one against Northern Iowa. He threw some balls up that were intercepted and made plays on. I think he's going to throw you about three or four balls this game where you're going to be able to have to go up, make plays, and if, if you cause pressure in his face and make him do that I think that's going to happen throughout the game so that to me I agree DC I think that's my number one point I was a defensive line played an exceptional game against Rutgers if they can carry that over into this week against Iowa State I don't think they'll have a problem with the clowns Jer, is there anything differently you want to see from Rutgers to Iowa State? No, there's nothing different that I want to see. I just think we're going to get a different style look. I think Iowa State's going to come in this game and purposefully want to go fast to avoid those types of downs where A.J. Epinesa is able to kind of stunt all the way from the right uh, defensive uh, end position and come right through that A-gap shoot. I think Iowa State's going to try to get rid of that ball, a lot similar to what Miami of Ohio did, which is going to take away from that defensive line being able to get, get home on Brock Purdy. Now, um, if Iowa's linebackers and secondary can step up and, and kind of make some things happen, obviously Iowa's going to win this football game. But Iowa State's going to come with some action, and it's going to be a lot more difficult for this defensive line to hit home. I agree. I think I think another key point is who are we going to put on Deshante Jones? Whether do you think we're going to shadow him? You think it's going to be Hankins? You think it's going to be OJ Moutier, or it's going to kind of be wherever he lines up? He's their best offensive player, I mm-hmm. think. I mean, he had I wanted the fourteen one twenty six. 14 catches yeah they're gonna have to get a body on him maybe two I mean you might want to play the safety over the top on him he's their best player on on their offense that's gonna be a big key to me is who who you put on him or if you're just gonna kind of rotate guys onto him throughout the game but you need to shut him down or at least contain him he can't have a 14 catch game that will not lead to good things for the Hawkeyes If I'm Iowa, I'm going in there and I want the ball right away. And I want to put together a long, sustained offensive drive that needs to be the game plan. Take eight minutes right off that clock. Just beat the hell out of that defense right away. So if Iowa State does, for some chance, go right down the field and scores quickly, then Iowa, you go right back out there. You slam the ball right back into them. You do another sustained drive, knock time off that clock. Do not give Iowa State the chance to continue to go out there and put up plays. The more plays they run, the worse off Iowa, I think, is going to be going to be for the wear. Jerry almost broke into a uh, pregame pregame speech. There. I can just see how this game's going to transform. Like there's two ways that this game's going to go. One's in big favor of Iowa, the other one is going to keep Iowa State in this game and that's not what we want. Well, that's the way this this week this game always goes every single year. Yes. It's always going to it's always going to be tight and it's going to be uncomfortable and no one's going to like it at the end of it. That's just it's the way it is. All right. Let's let's go to a pick. Pick in this game before we get to our special guest. Uh, Champ, I'm going to kick things off with you. What's your pick? I think this is going to be extremely close. It always is, just like you said, DC. I think Iowa wins this game. They they hold out Iowa State at the end. I think they're going to have to come up with a drive. Iowa's going to have to come up with a drive at the end of this game to win it. 
but I think Iowa wins this game 27 to 24. I don't know what the line is going to be by the time the game goes. Right now, I think it's two and a half. Iowa's favored by, so I, I'm not betting this game at all. I'm staying away from it. You just never know with Iowa, Iowa State, but I think Iowa wins uh, a close one, 27 to 23. Jerry, 24, you... sorry, 27 to 24. 27 to 24. Jerry, what do you say? This was the game at the beginning of the season that I said Iowa was going to lose. You did. This is the one I've been worried about more so than anything else. I just think before game day came, I was convinced that Matt Campbell and this group of these group of players who have yet to beat Iowa, they were going to finally get it done. This was their Super Bowl. They were putting everything into this one. They had the bye right before we came, and they were just going to figure out a way to get this done. But now that game day's coming, and now that all this pressure seems to just be mounting like we talked about earlier on Iowa State— I really think this is the perfect storm for the Iowa Hawkeyes to go in there and win this thing by at least 10 points. I think that Nate Stanley is going to finally show every single hater that he has the ability to go lead this football team and have his shining moment. I think he's not going to allow Iowa State to get on the field. I think he's going to make key third down throws. He's going to have two nice bombs down the field when Amir Smith-Marset wiggles open. This is the Nate Stanley. This is the first game of Nate Stanley's senior season where he starts developing himself into an NFL quarterback. I like Iowa 30-20. to 20 outright there's no question about this game at all i think the defense special teams punting and offense are clicking on all cylinders okay jerry's jerry's feeling optimistic i'm gonna take his optimism to another level i think iowa i'm not worried about iowa state getting the ball quick trying to make it a long a kind of go quick tempo all that type of stuff i'm not worried about it i think iowa has the horses in every single phase that is just Better than Iowa State. I think we saw week one for Iowa State how much they're going to struggle replacing Hakeem Butler and David Montgomery. And I'm not concerned about about anybody else on that offense right now. I, the defense put together a complete performance for me last week against Rutgers. And I'm convinced it's going to carry over very easily. I say Iowa wins this game 24-10. to 10. All right. I mean, I hope that would be wonderful. I mean, an absolute... You guys are not having me sweat. I mean, I hadn't even any of us sweat, and I like that, but I just think it's going to be a lot closer. They're always close. They're never blowouts. Either way, I think it's just going to be closer than that, but we'll see. It's going to be even better when some of these guys start picking Iowa State. Like, I'm going to feel even better because I know that they're not going to pick the Hawkeyes on Saturday. So just the more and more this pressure mounts where the Cyclones feel like they have to win this football game is better for Iowa. They've been there before. They've done this. This is what the Kirk Ferentz builds them up to be able to do. On that note, and I think this is where we can kind of transition to our special guest, what if Lee Corso puts on Herky's head? How mad will the Iowa State fans get? I will never, ever, ever take that off as my profile picture if I can get Corso. We don't have much more time with Corso. I'll be the one to say it. It's We're getting close, guys. <laughs> And so if I can have one more moment where he puts on that Hawkeye or that Herky head, I'm going to enjoy the fuck out of that. One more moment. He's, I mean, he's, you're not wrong. I mean, Lee, is his time here on Earth is numbered. So, I mean, if he gets that our Herky head on, it would be absolutely awesome. I would get the chills, the goosebumps. I'd be ready to roll. That would be fucking sweet. Because it's it's perfectly lined up, right? You can kind of see it. He's going to go into some speech about them never going to Ames before. It'd be great to pick them. And then some weird song plays. And then the victory polka hits on. And he puts Herky's head on. And they cut to whatever 11 a.m. game is on. And that's when I immediately tweet, not so fast, Ames Day or College Ames Day or whatever dumbass thing. Hashtag. 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 This whole time. Thank you. <laughs> Well, our special guests will probably not enjoy the end of this conversation, but let's throw it to that interview and that little special guest of ours to wrap the show up. We'll talk to you guys after the Iowa State game, win or lose. Fingers crossed it's a win. Go Hawks. It will be. Go Hawks. By the way, the Pac-12 sucks. I couldn't be proud. I could not be proud. <coughs> no. I am so proud. <laughs> As he throws, and that is picked up. James Moore's going the other way. Rick.
Richardson off the back foot, throws dangerous ball, and that's hauled in. Oh, what a play. B.J. Lowry. Arnott, plenty of time. Oh. And on the deflection, intercepted. Tyler Sash has it. The safety off the pick. And inside the 35, he goes. And a poor throw and an interception. Sash has another. The strong safety on the deflection. Still on his feet all the way down to the 25, near the 24. Well, they needed three and a low percentage throw deflected by Greenwood. The grabs again, third interception. It's Brett Greenwood. What a poor throw that time. Up the grabs and intercepted once again. Greenwood. Greenwood's got his second. And Sash has his third. Tyler Sash with his third interception of the day. Iowa State falling all over each other, literally. Down, Johnson Corianos. EJK got it done. Rodell all the way back to his 18 and has some running room. Still on his feet, and he can fly. Rodell to the 30, to the 20. He goes to the end zone. Stanley scanning. Stanley over the middle, Wadley got past Lanning, Akram Wadley inside the red zone, Wadley could go, Wadley, touchdown Iowa, oh mercy, second down and goal for Iowa, Wadley the tailback, Smith-Marset in motion, Stanley to throw to the end zone, touchdown Iowa wins, Smith-Marset with the grab. What a comeback. Thank you to Fox Sports, Big Ten Network, and ESPN for the audio for our special guest. Trick or treat, Iowa City. <laughs> if you don't love it, leave it. USA, number one. <laughs>